0: Kia ora and welcome to the Stronger Dads Collective podcast, where we aim to help dads be stronger versions of themselves as fathers, people and in their athletic pursuits. Let's get into today's episode. Kia ora team, welcome to episode number 12 of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. Today I am going to do a little bit of a solo episode and just have um, a bit of a look into essentially cardio uh, for lifters or cardio for people who may not have done a lot of cardio before now one of the reasons that I thought to post this was um, earlier this week uh, or the week of the recording of this I just put up a post about how something is better than nothing and you don't need to do hours of cardio per week um, in order to get value from that and by value what I mean here is a beneficial health um, effect and if we look um, at basically the guidelines um, the New Zealand guidelines state that you want a minimum of two and a half hours of moderate um, or one and a quarter hours of vigorous physical activity throughout the week. And that's specifically talking um, about aerobic activity. Um, and those are your minimum. So it says that for extra health benefits that you want to aim for five hours of moderate or two and a half hours of vigorous physical activity. Um, and that's over the course of a week. Alongside that, there's... Um, two days per week of muscle strengthening activities. So that's resistance training, which um, the majority of people who have sort of interacted with my content, I guess, would already be doing two days of strengthening activity per week. Um, And then importantly, also they mentioned that doing some physical activity is better um, than doing none. And I think that's kind of one of the keys that I want to think about with cardio, especially for people who may not have been doing it before, is that you probably don't need to jump or you probably shouldn't, um, to be fair, jump straight from doing zero um, into meeting those physical activity guidelines within one week you know you probably want to gradually build up to that and so what I thought I would do is run through how I I guess started adding in cardio initially when I was adding this into my strength training because at the time that I started running or the most recent time I started running um, I have done it before I was simply doing um, weightlifting i wasn't doing much else uh, weightlifting and a bit of um, other powerlifting type training but i wasn't doing any cardio activity so i essentially started that from scratch which i guess is you know the, the audience that i'm sort of looking at here is people that don't do um, any or don't do very much at all cardio per week so in terms of that aerobic activity when these guidelines classify vigorous and these guidelines classify moderate, Um, it comes back to a thing called a met value. And so I went through and did some calculations um, before I did my Instagram posts. And basically a vigorous run would be a seven kilometer per hour run. So for someone who has done a little bit of running, that is not um, generally considered like a fast run. Because when I think of the term vigorous, you know, I'm thinking of interval training, speed work, that type of thing. But actually vigorous activity is a jog um so bear that in mind when you hear that term vigorous moderate activity would be a walk at about four kilometers per hour so you know a, a substantial i can exercise walk it's not just meandering but it's not like it's a it's a hard brisk walk um and in fact a hard brisk walk if you're if you're a pretty solid walker which i am not um you might even get up to about seven k's per hour <laughs> so potentially even with walking you could be counting that as vigorous physical activity Although to be fair, the met value is probably going to be um, lower because you're not actually carrying your body weight like you would be if you were doing a run compared to a walk where both feet leave the ground at the same time. But if we think of that from a running perspective, that vigorous is a jog, it isn't a sprint um, and it isn't a high intensity sort of interval type thing, although those things definitely would count um, as vigorous as well, then that one and a quarter hours doesn't sound like that much to reach or at least in my mind it doesn't if you're doing zero obviously it does but it means really that you're looking at five 15 minute vigorous activity sessions so five 15 minute jogs essentially per week would meet um, that 75 minute guideline so although if you're doing zero that may be a bit of a jump a 15 minute run you know for someone who has adapted to their cardio isn't too bad Um, you're probably looking at a two or three kilometer run for someone who is who is running at a speed that's enough to meet that vigorous um, guideline within that 15 minute time frame well three three k's um, in 15 minutes would be pretty fast straight off the bat or at least it would have been for me (laughs) some people may not find that Um, so essentially that's what we're working with right the aerobic physical activity guidelines a minimum of one and a quarter hours vigorous physical activity so a jog um, or two and a half hours of moderate activity per week which is a Walk or a exercise type walk or brisk walk. Remembering also that you know this doesn't have to be running. Um, That vigorous stuff could be cycling at something like sixteen kilometers per hour or more. Playing team sport, those sorts of things would generally count as vigorous. Um, You're thinking about the effort um, or the corresponding effort of something um, compared to those running or walking type activities that I've I've stated here. So that's the guidelines the other part of the guidelines and remembering that these guidelines are for health rather than performance and that's why i think it's important that we need to consider adding these you know even if you are a strength athlete um, it's important to try and add some form of cardio but the other thing that they recommend here is you know breaking up long periods of sitting so not sitting down you know all day get up and move around a little bit Um, don't sit down the entire day Um, and then as we mentioned alongside the muscle strengthening and that something is better than nothing so those are sort of the key the key points of exercising for health um, in terms of the guidelines that we currently have. And With that in mind, let's look into a couple of examples and I'm going to start with how I began to do uh, my running or how I started doing that. So let's get into that. At the time that I added this running, it was about two years ago now and I would have been lifting probably three or four days a week and I think I mentioned earlier about it being a weightlifting focus but now that I think about it, Um, it was actually a powerlifting focus because I competed in a handful of or a couple of local competitions um, within this year I believe so prior to adding in this cardio I should mention that I was regularly walking probably 15-20 minutes most days um, going out for a walk with the dog and the family so I wasn't doing zero cardio so to speak I mean that might have even counted um, as moderate intensity but I wasn't doing a heck of a lot Um, and I kind of realized at this time and I've mentioned this before on the podcast that this was when Harvey was probably about six months old um, and I'd come to the realization that I probably needed to be adding in some cardio for health and longevity if I wanted to uh, you know do what I can to uh, you know try and ensure that the probabilities um, are in my favor in terms of longevity that it was going to be important that I added cardio um, into the mix and kind of you know I I knew the science behind it I knew about progressively loading and all of those sorts of things Um, so the day that sash said to me I'm gonna go for a run Um, and she went under a three kilometer run I think it was and I thought oh geez man you know if my wife who has just had a baby six or so months ago um, is getting out and running you know why not me Why, why shouldn't I be doing that as well so I sort of took inspiration from Sasha on that um, and that day i went out for a 3k run and it wasn't anything fast i probably you know maybe 20 minutes or something of running um bearing in mind that i had run a few years earlier so running as a activity wasn't new to me it was probably my preferred choice of cardio so take that for what it's worth um, i would rather go out for a easy jog than i would sit on a bike um, or you know sit on a bike in a gym but also probably rather than sitting on a bike um, outside as well, I, I don't really enjoy the wind um, in cycling. It always gets me. Flippin' Palmerston North where I live, it's a windy old place. And I remember I did get a bike one day and I rode it a couple of times, like a road bike. And this was during the uni years. And so that one of those things, then everyone that's kind of in sports science or the old school sports scientists used to always be into cycling. And that was often the mode that we used in the lab. And so I thought, hey, I'll get into this and I'll do it. It wasn't for me um a few days of wind and cycling into a headwind and i was over that and i think i got rid of that bike pretty pretty quickly after those um windy sessions but anyway um so basically i went out for this first run after sash um had kind of inspired me into that and then essentially what i did was i continued to lift three to four days a week and i would just add the runs you know either after lifting because lifting was still my priority so i would rather be fatigued for the run than the other way around um and i was doing sort of two or three of these a week i built up to you know 10ks per week within those first couple of weeks and then i kept it there i kept it pretty consistent as i mentioned that whole progressive loading or slowly adding to your training load is a principle that's quite important here because you want to give your body time um to adapt so after about a month of you know starting out at about 10ks a week which you know means that i wasn't running any two days in a row it was always once every couple of days um, alongside the lifting, I did that for about a month, ten k's, and then after that, I started building that up slowly and gradually increasing it. And so then, after about twelve weeks of running, I was averaging about twenty kilometers per week of running, which was a pretty good level um, for me. Because if you think about that, that's four five kilometer or three mile runs per week is twenty k's per week. So you know, if you do a longer ten k run, that means that there's two five k runs and you're and you're reaching that twenty k per week amount so it kind of worked and fit in with where i was at the time and so i stayed there for a while i was still powerlifting at this time as i mentioned i did a couple of local competitions with this sort of level of running Um, but then after about six months um, i had built this up to about mid 20s and there wasn't really much need to go much higher than that and i only started to really push above that once i decided essentially that i was going to focus a bit more on my cardio and do some running events um, and enter you know a 10 a half marathon those sorts of things and have some of those hybrid goals where i was doing things that were running and lifting you know to try and keep myself a bit well-rounded so then after that six months as i said i was about mid 20 um, kilometers per week no 25ks per week type of thing as an average um, and then now if we look at what i'm averaging it's about 40ks um, a week of running tends to be about where i've been sitting um, at least up until this recent Um, 10k event that I had. It was around about 40 kilometers per week and I've just had a couple of lighter weeks before I'm sort of building back into those 40k weeks now. Now, on that, you sort of heard me mention there about averages. Um, What do I mean by that? I'm generally looking at a four-week average um, of, you know, my average kilometres run per week over the last four weeks and trying not to increase that um, at any one time by more than about 30%. So that's comparing, you know, like the last... Immediate four weeks versus today, if I average, say, 30 weeks um, over the last, sorry, 30 um, k's over the last four weeks, then I'm probably not going to run more than, say, 35 to 40 k's this week because that would be surpassing or getting pretty close to that 30%. The other benchmark that you can do is sort of no more than 10 k increase in any one week. You know, so if I did 30 k's last week, then I wouldn't do more than 33 kilometers this week of running and you could use this as duration too so let's say that you're starting off and getting 30 minutes um, of jogging in a week or 30 minutes of cycling at a vigorous intensity vigorous remember our definition of that Um, then if you're doing 30 minutes of that a week then you wouldn't increase it by more than to 33 the next week or so on but you've got to be realistic with this stuff as well these are just arbitrary principles but the take-home message is don't add too much at any one time you know don't don't if your body's not used to it which is what why i like that four week measure because that's something something that you've been consistently doing for a number of weeks so in theory your body is getting used to that you know after those four that four week period so that's kind of the way i like um, to look at it and it just helps to keep me from doing anything dumb because you know i'm always the sort of person that would like to get to somewhere. You know, faster if I want to get to a fifty k weeks. Well, I'm going to want to do that straight away, right? But in reality, I should slowly try and build up to that. So those metrics of no more than ten percent volume added in any one week versus the previous week, um, and then no more than a thirty percent increase on my last four weeks average volume, you know, in the next week. So that kind of some metrics that you can use. Again, those are completely arbitrary metrics, and it's that principle, um, that principle of slowly and steady. Um, in terms of the increase in training volume. Okay, so you can look at that as kilometres, you can look at that as time, especially if you're, you know, going across modalities. So if you're cycling and running, maybe you're looking at the total time spent across those activities and, you know, just keeping any increases that you do in that in check, I guess. Okay, so let's get to an example of someone who is strength training and is not doing any cardio currently. So I'm going to run through a bit of a weekly outline um, this will be a lot easier with a whiteboard or something but hey we've, we've got a podcast so let's let's use what we've got in front of us so an example of this um, if someone was strength training and they were doing four days per week and let's just go through that week so monday might be um, hypertrophy focused or growth focused and that might be something like a bench press and then some upper accessory work um, they might then be coming in on a tuesday um, and doing squats and lower lower body focused accessory work and that again might be hypertrophy or growth focused on thursday they might be coming in so resting wednesday thursday they're going into the gym doing bench and upper accessory and that's with a strength focus so a bit more intensity on that day friday again is a rest and then saturday might be a a squat plus deadlift day and then some lower accessories um, to finish that day off and again being a strength focus so that's your heaviest day and hardest day of the week and then Sunday is a rest. So essentially they're training four days, perhaps they're doing some walking or something on those other days if they've got a dog or whatever that might be, but they're not doing any specific cardio that they're sort of calling a training session. So where would they add this cardio um, and what type of cardio should they add as well as how much? So the eventual aim, obviously, as we've mentioned, is 75 minutes of vigorous exercise vigorous being a jog or you know cycling at around 16 kilometers per hour or more or the equivalent of those you know you could be doing rowing or something like that as well of an equivalent effort so what i'm thinking when i'm looking at these 75 minutes and trying to fit them within the week is there's a couple of sort of key principles that you want to look at the first one is what is the proximity to any key training sessions so when we look back into Oh no! We'll go through we'll go through the three things, and then we'll go back and do that. Eh? So the proximity to the key sessions. You know, when are you going to put this training, um, as opposed to what you know the strength training that you're already doing? Because there's certain sessions that are more important or heavier or harder, um, and you might not want to do cardio too close to those, just because you're adding an extra bit of training stress um, that could impact recovery. So proximity to key sessions. The second one is the mode of training, and what I mean by this is, obviously running, um, especially if you're running somewhere hilly there's a fair bit of impact that goes through the legs. Whereas if you're rowing or you're cycling, essentially your body weight is supported. And so the total load going through the legs and through the joints and the muscles and those sorts of things is less. So there's a bit less um, eccentric loading in those. And eccentric loading is when you're absorbing force. So think landing and running. Um, And if you are doing lots of that, obviously that may cause some sort of uh, muscle damage, especially when you're first Um, doing that and you're unaccustomed to it so mode of training we want to consider are we doing training um, that is a high eccentric loading like running or are we removing that eccentric loading and doing something um, like cycling which doesn't have us absorbing that load Um, and then the other thing is sort of thinking specifically about the exercise itself we kind of want to consider two things here you want sessions that maintain interest Um, so for most lifters that's going to be more intermittent type things like intervals or you know where there's hard parts and there's less hard parts or you know there's a hard part followed by recovery and then other sessions that I sort of think you could kind of think of as potentially aid recovery or you know increase blood flow those sorts of things sometimes for me if I'm a little bit you know stiff from training or feel a little bit sore if I've had a hard session sometimes it's nice just to sort of stretch the legs out so to speak or move the legs and I don't know sometimes you just feel a bit better after those sessions especially if it's something like an easy cycle um, that doesn't really take too much out of you um, as opposed to you know going out for a hilly run so that's the sort of thing are there sessions that we can add that are interesting like um, intervals and perhaps are there sessions that we could add at specific times to aid in our recovery so when we look back there and we think about that proximity to the training sessions um, again We see that when we're looking at the picture of that person's training week, Saturday was that heavy lower body session. So when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking that if my focus is still to maintain or increase strength while I'm adding this in, is I probably don't want to add my hard aerobic session the day before that. right? So that Friday, I'm probably not going to go to a hard interval session. Then if we look at the Monday and the Thursday, we can see that those are upper body focus. Those were the bench days. So what I sort of think about that is it's, probably absolutely fine then to have running or cycling you know that lower body focused cardio Um, the days before those you're probably not likely to add too much residual fatigue that's going to impact the upper body's ability to do those things potentially you're avoiding something like rowing especially if it's unfamiliar to you because you're probably going to be relying more on your upper body than your lower body Um, if you're not rowing efficiently i guess if you're not used to it Um, But potentially we could have some harder cardio sessions the day before that hypertrophy bench i i think that would probably be absolutely fine so it was that monday but yeah essentially what we're thinking of with the structuring is we're trying to minimize that potential for fatigue um, on those days that we want to be lifting heavy on those those key sessions those priority sessions so we have to be aware of that and then we have to be aware of the other fact that we are adding additional training load if we haven't been doing this training before this is a new stress that we're adding so you need to account for that right and on that point it's probably worthwhile thinking that when you are increasing the amount of cardio you're adding in cardio and you haven't done it before I would probably keep consistent with the amount of training load or the amount of training volume that you're doing with your strength work so for these first you know, two, three, four weeks, even maybe, maybe first couple of months of adding in cardio if it takes you a while to build up to it, I wouldn't be wanting to add both strength training volume as well as this cardio. I would just add the cardio and then I would add strength training volume once I have adapted to that. So once you are happy that you're maintaining a consistent level of cardio, it's surpassing the minimums that are recommended by those um, physical activity guidelines. That's cool, right? You don't need to go adding more and more and more cardio, unless of course you want to. Um, but once you've hit those levels, you know that I think that seventy-five minutes is a good target, and then thinking of doing maybe some, um, you know, easy walks or whatever it might be outside of that as sort of your additional moderate um, intensity cardio according to those guidelines. Then that's cool you've hit what you need to for that that's if you're a strength athlete right if you want to focus on performance with cardio that's a completely different story okay remember we're looking at this in the context of health um, in the context of someone new um, to cardio or in the context of someone who um, is adding this in for the first time to their strength training so yeah new to strength training or new to cardio training that's what we're thinking of here with adding this stuff in okay So once we hit those levels, right, you can leave that consistent aerobic routine and you can start focusing back on that strength again, right, and keeping or aiming to increase that training volume if that's something that you need to 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 progress. Um, You can look at that and you can look at harder strength training again once you've got that consistent platform. And I'd say probably at least three or four weeks is going to be enough to achieve that. Now, what I've done is just quickly or done a little bit of an adaptation to this plan. So um, if you remember, we had the Monday was bench and upper hypertrophy. The Tuesday was squat and lower hypertrophy. um, The Thursday was bench and upper strength and the Saturday was squat, deadlift and lower accessory with a strength focus. So if I'm going to adapt that plan, um, let's just go through what that could potentially look like. If we start with the Monday, what we're looking at there or what I put down for this. And remember, this is just an example. It's just an idea. It's not set in stone. It's not concrete. It's just what could I do to kind of get close to or hit these minimums without overdoing it, or without doing too much all of a sudden. So Monday has bench and upper accessory, uh, hypertrophy focus. All you're going to do there is add 10 minutes of steady cardio. It's up to you as to whether you would want to add that steady cardio at the start or at the end. Um, if you're completely unaccustomed to it, I'd probably put it after my... Um, strength work because just to remove any potential that that could have you know any type of fatiguing effect prior to that session so 10 minutes of steady cardio so that could be a jog seven kilometers per hour or more Um, that could be a bicycle at a moderate intensity or a row you know a nice steady row so anything that you can maintain and i would generally be looking at something where you can maintain a conversation during that because that probably indicates that you're not going too hard you know if you can still talk to the person next to you if you were talking to if there was someone next to you then that would be give you an indication that it's a nice steady smooth pace um, that you can kind of maintain or effort that you can maintain whether that's running whether that's cycling whether that's um, rowing whatever that activity might be Um, you might choose an assault bike if you're crazy but hey that is fun for the interval session that i mentioned later on So that's Monday. Tuesday, I'd probably do something similar, squat and lower body accessory, and then either do 10 minutes of steady cardio, or you could do 10 to 15 minutes um, total, with some of that being an interval session. The reason I'd put that interval session on the Tuesday after squats rather than on the Monday is that I just don't want to risk fatiguing someone's legs if they're not used to this, right? So 10 to 15 minutes um, of an interval session total, or 10 minutes of steady cardio, whichever you kind of prefer on that day. Wednesday we leave as a rest. Thursday is bench plus upper accessory as a strength focus. No cardio that day, just so that you can keep the focus fully on that strength session. Then on Friday it's 20 minutes of steady cardio, as we've mentioned with those parameters for that steady cardio. Um, and I would say because Saturday is going to be a squat plus deadlift day, I would keep that 20 minutes of steady cardio as something that's probably not load-bearing unless you're familiar with with running because we just don't want to risk fatiguing the legs or adding any additional muscle damage if you are focusing on the strength and strength gains being important to you. So Friday, 20 minutes steady cardio and ideally I'm recommending something like a roll or a cycle that day. Saturday, squat plus deadlift plus lower body accessory and it's a strength focus. No cardio that day because that's probably a pretty big session with both that squat and deadlift being strength focused in that day. Um, But then on Sunday, I would probably look at adding something like an interval session for cardio and looking at about 20 to 25 minutes of total um, duration on that. Now, when, when I say steady state, I obviously define that as a pace that you can have some sort of a conversation. If you're completely new to cardio, um, that conversation may not be a very in-depth conversation. <laughs> it might be short sentences, but the idea with that is you should still be able to talk. It's called the talk test, and it's basically an indicator that we're not working um, at too high an intensity, essentially. So, it's just a good, easy guide um, to make sure that you're not going too hard on those steady sessions. Now, the interval sessions, the that can kind of you know the the options of an interval session are almost limitless you can kind of structure these any way that you want but let's just say for the sake of clarity for this week on that Tuesday I said sort of a 10 to 15 minute interval session you might look at doing something like 10 by 30 seconds on 30 seconds off um, which would take 10 minutes um, and then you just have a short warm-up and short cool down following that or you know prior to and following that that would be enough and on those hard efforts um, obviously you'd work pretty 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 hard you're strict if you're a strength athlete that's just going to be working you know at a high effort and pushing yourself and then i would recommend that during those 30 seconds of rest there is something light and active so your legs might just keep spinning if you're on the cycle um, or if you're on the roller you're just gently pulling that machine too. you're not completely resting during that um, 30 second rest phase When we're looking at that Sunday one where it's about a 20 to 25 minute session, we're probably going to be looking at 25 if we're going to do the one that I'm saying here. Um, You could, again, do something really simple like a 10 by one minute on and then one minute recovery. So, again, work hard for that one minute, push yourself, get out of breath, um, and then just a nice, easy, smooth pace um, where you're really just, you know, spinning the legs over, so to speak, if we're on the bike um, or just keeping on moving just a little bit if we're on a row or something like that. So that's an example of what that could look like of adding cardio to your strength sessions. Obviously, if you were looking at this and you aren't currently training at all, then essentially you could just remove um, the strength stuff that I've mentioned there um, and focus on getting to that cardio. And if you are coming into this and you're you're you know a dad or a parent out there and you haven't been doing any training, it probably is um, a good idea that you know, you might rather than jumping into both cardio and strength, perhaps you do either a bit of both, you know, at like a a smaller amount. So maybe you're doing two strength days and three cardio days or something like that, and a really low volume. So you could look at something like what we've said with the with these cardio days here and just simply remove the strength work. Or you could have a really easy bit of strength work. But again, everyone's going to be a little bit different. And um, everyone's situations are going to kind of dictate a bit of a different approach. But hopefully there's some of these key sort of things um, that you've realized from this so let's just have a quick little bit of a summary and probably the first thing to think about there was why do we care about this Um, and the reason that we care about this is because essentially those physical activity guidelines are based on a whole bunch of scientific literature and the idea that they're trying to achieve what they're trying to promote is health is longevity is um, looking after your heart looking after your body so that you know, you have less risk of heart disease and all of those other sort of lifestyle diseases, which are not a lot of fun. Um, But secondly, the other reason that we'd want to do this is that it actually increases our work capacity, which if you're a dad or a parent, what you're wanting to do, or one of the things that I think is really important with this is being able to get up and play with your kids and run around with your kids. And this will enable you to do that to a greater extent, because you're going to have the fitness, you're going to be able to actually move around and, and play games and do that sort of stuff, which I, I love to do with Harvey and I'm sure that plenty of parents want to be able to continue to do with their kids for years to come so those are the two key reasons that we'd want to do this cardio um, how much uh, I was focusing on the vigorous today remembering that vigorous means um, an easy jog so seven kilometers per hour um, for most people if they're jogging they'll be jogging at that pace um, or higher and then Um, With the cycling, as I mentioned, the Mets that I figured out on the calculator was about 16 kilometers per hour cycling pace. Um, But again, it's kind of that effort that you can maintain a conversation if you needed to um, so that you're not pushing too hard. That would be the lower threshold. And then obviously it's anything above that would count as vigorous. And we're looking for 75 minutes or more of that. I recommend targeting the 75 minutes of that vigorous because, as I said, vigorous isn't like crazy all out effort. Um, It's actually something we can maintain. So 75 minutes of that and then add in some walking, um, those sorts of things as well outside of that is obviously something that I would still you know highly recommend because I think getting outside is just good for the mental health anyway. Then those key things that we were looking at in terms of adding in these sessions is that we don't want to add too much too soon. So less is more, um, it's better to do something rather than nothing. And when you're adding this in, you don't have to jump straight to 75 minutes per week Um, that program that I put in I think was about 60 you don't have to jump straight to that you could do half of that and slowly build your way up to that when we're thinking of slowly building our way up we're thinking um, as general rules remember these are completely arbitrary it's more the principle Um, don't add more than 10% of volume so that could be kilometers per week ran or walked or whatever um, or the duration of that and then try not to add more than 30% compared to your last four weeks average so Um, you know the average volume per week for the last four weeks so those are two arbitrary starting points the key being start slow and um you know only add volume sorry slowly don't add add too much all at once because that's when we risk you know getting fatigued and impacting our strength training or potentially getting hurt as well so i'd say the main thing there is just be sensible right we don't want to add too much too soon because that's just not a smart idea in any aspect of life when we're thinking of um what to think about with adding this around our strength training we're looking at what is the proximity of these aerobic sessions to our our key training sessions for strength if strength is our focus Um, we're looking at what is the mode of training ie running might damage our muscles a bit more um, compared to something like cycling or rowing which doesn't have that same impact component so potentially doesn't have as much of a um, challenge in terms of recovery And then thinking about how we can do sessions that might maintain interest, things like those interval training sessions, um, as opposed to things that could aid recovery and get some blood flow. Like in that example, I mentioned that 20-minute steady cardio the day before um, the lower body session and that being focused on, you know, like cycling or something like that, where it's really about blood flow. Um, It's about just getting some movements in and, and sort of freshening up. So hopefully that's been a good little bit of an overview of how you might add cardio Um, for a strength athlete and or how you might just add cardio full stop. And hopefully there's some principles that you can take away from that. I know that cardio isn't every strength athlete's cup of tea, but I think those health benefits from that and the ability to kind of be confident in playing with our kids, um, are reasons enough at least in my opinion to start adding some cardio who knows um, just like myself perhaps you'll get you'll get addicted to the cardio and you actually start wanting to train um, for aerobic events and improve those times or maybe i'm just a little bit weird thanks for listening to this episode of the stronger dad's collective podcast if you gained anything of value please go ahead and share this episode with someone else that you think may benefit from its content also feel free to follow me on instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads that's at hjp underscore stronger dads we'll see you on the next one